0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, June 1st, 2017. You guys are listening to episode 309. How the heck is everybody doing? I hope everybody had a great time in between shows. Hope everybody is well. Hope everybody is happy and healthy. And again, welcome back to the best podcast out there. You know it. I know it. Maybe I'm a little biased. But, um, you know we're 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 here doing it again. So I hope uh you guys are enjoying this nice weather here in New York. Finally, I don't know if you guys uh, heard <clears throat> I don't know if you guys heard the um the unbelievable storm in New York that that I heard, but um, I was driving back from a gig in Connecticut, and it was pouring. like it was pouring so nuts, and then my wife told me that, um, she was telling me that there were like, just hail balls, just pelting our deck, and the house, like, she said it was literally like gumballs, and she said it was so big, and the dog was freaking out, everybody was kind, of, the kids luckily slept through it, and now today, it is about, I don't know, 77 degrees, uh, you know, a little cloudy, but blue skies for the most part. And um, finally, it's cool. But last night, I was driving back from the Funny Bone in Hartford, Connecticut. Great time! I want to thank everybody that came out. I really do. I want to thank everybody that came out um, to the uh, Funny Bone in Hartford, Connecticut last night. It was a Wednesday. Normally, they are not. Um, normally they're not open on Wednesday, and they opened the show uh, for me to run the hour there and it was awesome, such a good time, a lot of podcast fans, so if you were there, and you did come out on a Wednesday, it was really a nice turnout, for especially the Wednesday after uh, Memorial Day, I literally thought I was going to be driving into a nightmare, like, ah, great, there's fucking 19 people here, but it was, it was awesome, so thank you guys so much, had a great time, and uh, shout out to uh, Kerry Cotted, who hosted, um, did a great job, hilarious, the very funny, uh, Brian Plum, From uh, Massachusetts came out and uh, guy just gets funnier and funnier every time. Check out Brian and then um, uh, Jay Satay, this Dr. Jay. Oh my god, dude, he's a pediatrician and he was fucking, he had me like the shit. This guy was this guy is so hilarious. Um, everybody did a really, really great job on the show and it was uh, a lot of fun. So, thank you all. For, uh, for coming out to that, a lot of stuff to talk about on the show guys, um, so wherever you may be right now, in your home, at your desk, in your cubicle, hating life because you got one hour of fucking lunch and you hate your boss, put on some headphones, enjoy the show, if you're on a treadmill, in the car, sit back and relax and get ready for TVE installment 309 everybody. A uh, bunch of stuff to talk about uh i got an unacceptable drove me nuts okay and i think it's going to drive you guys as nuts other than that good week feeling better getting getting my voice back uh slowly you know i'm getting there i start i'm starting to feel like it's i'm starting to get normal again i'm starting to the you know i'm still a little bit of a cold but pretty much pretty much better i put it this way if it was a ball game i would be like I wouldn't even be a game-time decision. I would be a probable as of two days ago, so it's pretty much a definite. Uh, Speaking of game day, I want to talk, obviously, about this uh, Golden State Warriors-Cleveland Cavaliers NBA Finals, which kicks off this evening. Talk a little bit what's going on with the Yankees. I went on a trip to Washington, D.C. The the dog-leash mystery, remember my dog was missing? And I said it. Somebody had to to take to take him off of it. That mystery has been solved. Uh, I hope I didn't just do that on Patreon. I might have just done that on Patreon. So I guess it's an inside thing for the Patreon people. But you guys will be able to probably figure it out if I did that. Also, uh, your guys unacceptables. But first, let's get into the sponsors, everybody. Um, and I am so thrilled and so happy to announce um, a new sponsor. And if you guys heard me on Bobby Kelly's YKWd, I actually talked about uh, this product, and uh, it just came up by accident because we were talking about um, private part hygiene, if you will. And um, it came up, and I said, "Hey, I'm just happened to happen happened to be working with um, with these guys." So remember, I was telling you guys that I was really excited because I was doing the you know the boxer briefs and everything like that. Well, anyways. Without further ado, the new sponsor of the Verzi Effect podcast. I am so thrilled to be working with these guys. It is um, Chassis Premium Body Powder. Okay, this is men care for down there. That's right. You heard it right. This is an unbelievable revolutionary powder. Not like the other powders. This is an unbelievable powder that has a special hydro shield technology. So the, uh, the powder provides all day protection against sweat, chafing, and odor. Guys, I got this actually sent to me. Okay. I got the product sent to me and it was incredible. You know, when, um, they had reached out to the show and, um, you know, my manager and I were talking. I said, I want to see this product. I obviously want to plug somebody uh, somebody, and something on the show that I believe in. But, you know, I'm not going to just do it if I don't, you know. Like some people do that shit. I'm not going to do it if it doesn't work. I swear to God. my I'm not even trying to be funny here. My balls and my everything has just never felt this just like unbelievably you know, now listen, I dry myself good, and I'm. And some people like talk shit, like, ah, oh, you know, you don't sweat, you don't do that, this is one of the best, The I mean, the dryness, the dryness, and I got the powder that um, smells like this amazing cologne, you could also get a scentless powder, um, it's just an amazing product, okay, uh, also, chassis contains no talk, no um, uh, aluminum, no uh, parabens, and uh, no uh, menthol. There is nothing harmful in this powder, okay? It's a fine, ultra-soft powder, um, and, and it goes a long way. One bottle, you can get uh, three to four months out of it. They also have like an in-the-shower lotion that you could use on it. They have other products, too. It is amazing. It is men care for down there, everybody, and I am not kidding you. It is the best And I know that a lot of people that listen to this are into sports. I know there's a lot of military and soldiers out there. Guys, I am telling you right now, you will never feel as fresh and as good down there as as you ever. There's honestly, it's just amazing. It's an amazing product. I cannot even say enough about it. Okay, you can buy this product if you go to uh, www.chassisformen.com. That's C H A S S I S for men.com or on Amazon.com. Okay. So you could get it on Amazon. You could you can get it at their website at, uh, like I said, at uh, chassisformen.com. It's an amazing powder. You will be uh, fresh, smelling good, dry. It is the best. And um, please, please try this product because when I got this, I was like, I'm ne-. put it this way I could say this I'm never getting out of the shower. I am never getting out of the shower without this shit again, it it was just, it's like a pleasure to put, it's almost like, it's almost like a must, it's like putting on underwear, it's just like, oh, my God, I was joking with my wife, I had my wife, because my wife, like, when I got it in the mail, my wife smelled it, and she goes, oh, my God, that smells like a really nice cologne, and I'm like, yep, well, that's what my balls are gonna be smelling like, nice and dry, baby, no chafing, so check out, chassis, for men.com or get chassis on uh, amazon.com. Please check out the powder, it is amazing. Check out their products. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as me. And if you do, let me know because uh, I believe in it 100%. And this is a product that is blowing up right now. Also, guys, uh, City Living Dog, go to City Living Dog Services. And Coach Mike out there in New England training all these dogs. Check out his Facebook live videos. Check out his YouTube videos. Check out all of his social media. That is City Living Dog and Coach Mike. Just type that in and you will get all of his information. He's worked with Lloyd. He's worked with other Verzi Effect um, you know, customers before, or I should say listeners before, and uh, made them customers. And I got great feedback, people saying thank you for uh, letting Coach Mike or letting me know about Coach Mike. Uh, it, it's been great, the dog, is, the dog has been great, he just gets it, he, just, he knows it, with confidence and patience and all that stuff, he can work it out, and of course, guys, of course, All Things Comedy, go to All Things Comedy for your favorite podcasts like the Verzi Effect, but not just the Verzi Effect, everybody. Uh, so many amazing other podcasts that are on there. Amazing podcasts, amazing albums from their All Things Records. You can check them out. Now they're doing video content. There's a ton of video content. There's a studio now. They're doing TV shows. So please check out allthingscomedy.com and follow them on Twitter at All Things Comedy. There you have it. Those are the plugs. So excited to be working with Chassis, a premium powder for men. It's, It's amazing. Uh, and, uh, you know, City Living Dog has been, has been, a, a great, great service to many people and all things comedy, you know, so I'm really happy and thrilled to be working with everybody that I'm working with here. Um, and of course I am happy that you guys continue to listen and the numbers are growing. That's right. Almost in my seventh year of TVE and more and more people are listening. So thank you guys so much for that. Um, now. Let's get into the dog mystery. So, I talked about it first on uh, Patreon. So all the Patreon subscribers are probably rolling their eyes going, yeah, yeah, fuck the rest of the listeners. We already know this. We're in the know. We're in the club. Anyway, long story short, I left Lloyd outside and uh, on his runner. He's got a ton of room. He's got a really long, long runner outside. And he, you know, lays in the shade or he runs around, whatever, doing what the fuck a dog does. I go out there and I just see the collar but the collar was, like, undone as if somebody did it. And I'm going, wow, that's weird. Luckily, when I went out looking for him, I got in the car. He came running up. And, uh, you know, it was scary, man. I was like, fuck, I got to tell my kids about this and all that. And it it sort of freaked me out. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to... uh, to get him before I went to work and I'm talking to my wife and my wife is like, well, you better get his leash and another car or get, get his leash in the collar and drive around the neighborhood. And I'm just, I'm just thinking of all these horrible things. God forbid I saw that he got hit by a car. And luckily when I got in my car to, to start backing out of the driveway to go look for him, he just comes sprinting up. So thank God. Anyway, yesterday my dog was, uh, outside, uh, on the on the runner, and I was kind of like near him, and I was getting him hyper, and I was getting him. Because that's the thing with me I'm a dick. I want my dog to be, you know, I want my dog to be happy and you know, I want my dog to like play and I like to get him riled up and I like to do all that, but I don't realize that like he's half of a fucking wolf. So he gets riled up and like, I think that I could just slap him around and play with him and wrestle with him, And all of a sudden he's going to be calm. And now his mouth is open. He's panting. He's like, well, let's go. Let's go. Where's the ball? It's f- I'm in, I'm in, let's go. And, um, I was holding the runner and he did something where he just ran and the force of it just It was just too much tension and all of a sudden the collar popped and did the same thing. And I realized with a certain amount of torque, that particular collar, I think, has like a release. So it doesn't choke him because it's like it's like a half of a choke collar. Like it doesn't choke choke him, but it can. It tightens up. So I think when just too much pressure is on, instead of obviously crushing the dog's neck, it releases. That's what happened. That's, I'm pretty sure... I'm, I'm almost positive that that's what happened. So, I figured that out, and, you know, I think what might have happened is if he saw a deer, sometimes people walk down our street on a horse. Yes, I said that right, on a horse. You'll just see somebody, because we have all these, like, horseback riding trails up, because we live in, like, farm country up here. So, somebody will just, you know, it's like a regular residential suburban road, and you'll just hear, like, fucking, the you know, you'll just hear a fucking horse. And he saw that shit and he I think that that's what he did or another dog. One of the two things is what happened. But uh, that's why that's why it happened because of the release, which I did not know about. So make sure you're careful when you buy those collars too and like ask the people at the at the pet store, you know, does this thing like automatically release when it gets too tight? All that stuff because yeah, he just, he, when a dog just goes, they just fucking go. That's it. They don't care. They just go. Um, so everybody, we went to Washington DC and had an absolutely amazing time. Amazing, amazing time. It was just, um, me. It was my wife, my son, and, um, it couldn't have been better. My daughter stayed, uh, with, uh, with her grandmother, my mother-in-law. And uh, we went to D.C. for my son's birthday weekend, and we did everything. You know, we went out to eat. It. We went to dinners. We went to we went to Ford Theater to see where uh, Abraham Lincoln got assassinated. We went to a Nationals Padres game. We went to the Capitol Building. We went to the Supreme Court Building. We went to the uh, Washington Monument. We went to the Lincoln Memorial. We went to the Spy uh, International Spy Museum, which was awesome. We did so much on Saturday, and it was so funny. At night, we went to this dinner. We were starving, and my son just couldn't hack it anymore, and he literally passed out at dinner. And we were like in this nice Italian restaurant, and he just had to put his. They had like a little pillow, and they just put his head down, and he just was out cold. But um, we had, I mean, Washington D.C. It's so underrated. I love it out there. Uh, I love it out there. We went, we went past like the White House. We went past all of these amazing buildings. All of these, like the buildings out there, like the Supreme Court building. It's just like it looks. It looks like where you would go to get judged after you die. Like it's just like the pillars and shit. It looked like where Thor's from. What's the what's the place where Thor's from? I know you nerds know it. I forgot the name. Uh, not anyway, whatever. I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and. You guys know it's just like this, like a godly building, just these unbelievable pillars that are just uh, fucking seems like they just go on forever. And You're just like holy shit, this is the highest court in the land, and um, just with all like the, the the marble and and just everything was just so cool. And like seeing the booth where Abraham Lincoln got shot. And you're finding stuff out, like we found out that like he told the the security guy, No, go ahead, go watch the play. It's okay, go ahead, watch the play. You know, and uh, and then you know, there was a part of the play that he was watching. See, the Versey effect could be educational. There was part of the play that he was watching that there's a one line in it that gets a huge laugh and everybody claps. And John Wilkes Booth waited for that line. And uh, he kind of like slowly worked his way over and knew it was coming and then did that. And also Lincoln did not die. I learned Lincoln did not die right away. The bullet went through like kind of the back of his ear and went through his head up into his, like near his eye. And um, there was like a 23 year old doctor there who just got out of medical school. And he said the wound was fatal and you could probably only last an hour or so. And Lincoln fought for like, I think like nine hours. They took him across the street to the Peterson house and uh, he died there and we were going to wait online to go there. And it was this huge line. So like part of the thing that we did was you go to the Ford theater, you listen to this story, you see the booth and you hear everything. You're actually sitting in the theater. He was sitting in, we were in the balcony, it was pretty nuts. And then you go across the street to the Peterson house or whatever, what they called it, where they, um, where he ultimately died, where they brought his body and he died. And, uh, you know, there's a huge line, and I just was like, you know, I don't need to go there. I don't need to go and see where some great man took his last breath. I didn't. I didn't need to. Like, the theater was cool and it was historic, but I, I was like, it was like rainy and just a a huge line. I'm with an eight year old. I'm like, I'm not gonna. We're, I'm not gonna do that. It's fine. I, you know, I believe you. You know, uh, so. But it was just so cool, man. And it was told in a third party. It was told as a character of um, Boston. Corbett, I believe, the guy that killed John Wilkes-, Wilkes Booth is the one that tells you the story of it in character. Really cool. As a matter of fact, one of the coolest things I did in Washington, D.C. was that. So if you go to Washington, D.C., uh, and it's free, it's free. You may have to wait on a line, but what you do is you just go up to the ticket, uh, you know, the ticket window there, and they have different time slots. We did like a 1030 in the morning. They give you a ticket. You go in either up to the balcony or downstairs. And you'll sit in there, and you'll just see the booth, or they don't like to call it a booth because of John Wilkes Booth. You'll see the the little box that he was sitting in, and you'll you'll it, and you'll hear the whole story about like what happened and how it happened, and then how they found him and stuff. Awesome, awesome. So I, I definitely recommend, um, you know, doing that for sure. Um, all right, guys, let's get to my unacceptable here. Then we'll get to your guys' unacceptables. Then we got sports. Then we got movies. Uh, I don't know. Wait, did I see a movie? I'm still debating on it. I still don't even know in my head if I, uh, if I saw a movie. Listen to this unacceptable because this one drove me nuts. All right. So check this out. My, um, my little daughter, my daughter, Sophia, she, uh, just turned five years old and we had to go to the kindergarten for the whole, like, you know, pre kindergarten day, you know, and the kids go on a bus ride and, um, they go and they sit in one of the four kindergarten teachers classes and they talk and they learn about things and they ca- kind of just get acclimated to the hallways and what they're going to do when they get off the bus and the schedule and all that stuff. And it's really good for them because, you know, they get a little nervous cause now they're out of their comfort zone, which is the daycare and shit. So I wasn't around to do it for my sons cause I was on the road so my wife said, "Hey, would you want to come and and just you know do the do it for Sophie?" And I said, "Of course, you know I'm I'll do it. I'd love to do it. You know I want to, you know hear you know and especially like see her reaction to things when she walks in." So we uh, walk into the we walk into the thing and they give her a color. Every group got a color, and they said, "All right, when we call the kids, cut we go into the like the not assembly room but room they had like a." a bunch of chairs. I think they made like the cafeteria or whatever they did to, to have like the bus driver talk. And then they have the principal talk and everybody's there. Now, right when we get in and we're waiting, there's a a grandmother, you could tell a grandmother with the mother of a daughter. And she's just kind of being loud. And she's just kind of like talking like while so many people are just crowded, waiting to get filed into this room. She was just one of those. You know, she was one of fucking those. I, I, I think you guys get what I'm saying. She like, when another woman would walk in from far away, even though it was packed with so many people, like standing like standing there crowded, like on a fucking crowded subway, she'd go, oh, hey, man, how are you? <laughs> I know, right? And then she'd like lean over to her daughter, who was the, the mom of the kid, and be like, oh, I'm glad we got a seat, huh? Like, she was just one of those. Now, fast forward, we're all sitting in this room, They call all four groups, all colors, and uh, I see my daughter go walk off with all the other kids, and they go on to a bus ride, and the bus is going to take them around for a little bit. And we are going to be educated on what our child's day is going to be at the school uh, from when they get on the bus in the morning all the way until when they get dropped off. So the bus guy's up there talking, and he just talks about his schedule. Really organized shit, like you don't realize it. You know, you think it's just a bunch of fat fucks who just got done smoking a pack of cigarettes and they're taking the love of your life with them in their hands. And, you know, but it's actually really a, a really good kind of, you know, system that they have. And, you know, you learn, like, yeah, you get more, you give them more credit. You take for granted, like, when it snows, those guys are up at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. They have to dust off all of the, all of the, the buses and all that. So we're listening to the guy and everything's great. Then the principal gets up and she's talking and then the lady who, like, the PTO lady who, um, will talk about, like, the programs that you could get involved as a family to help raise money and do things, and all this stuff, and it's nice, and we're listening, and we're listening, and it should only take, like, a half hour, and, uh, 40 minutes tops, and now I'm starting, now everybody's like, okay, this is what's happening, this is great, and, uh, they're going to take the kids off the bus into the classrooms and then you go and pick them up in the classrooms. And that was the day we were picking up Lucas to go down to, to D.C., which I drove. And they're like, all right, so this is what happens. They come in at this time. Okay, lunch, snacks, do this, do that. And I'm just thinking, and then she goes, all right, now um, I'm going to tell you guys this and then you guys could have any questions that you want. So we're sitting there waiting. I'm sure you guys know. I'm sure you guys know what's coming, but this, this one drove me nuts. And no, I'm not complaining, ladies. I know some of the fucking wives of the husbands. Does Paul just complain? No, you would fucking too. Okay? It's unacceptable and this shit needs to be called out. All right. So anyway, I'm fighting with nobody. I'm sitting there and uh, somebody was like, yeah, about the bus in the morning again. I'm sorry. Can we have somebody pick? Like it was a legitimate quick question. Great. And then all of a sudden, any more questions? Any more questions? And I'm going, oh, this is great. We're going to go get fucking soul fed of the thing. We're going to go get, and it's going to be great. And all of a sudden, that older, the grandmother, just this want to be heard, want to be a part of it, fucking annoying woman. She goes, yeah, I have a question real quick. And she gets all like she's about to say something profound. And you could tell she wasn't smart. I could tell. Everybody could tell. Yeah, this common core math. Right, which is totally irrelevant to what's going on. It's like, you call the principal on your own. She just she just wanted to sound like she was talking about something important. So she goes, yeah, this common core math, what's going on with that? And like, you know, is anything going to change? And is that the government? And now I'm just looking, I'm, now I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, let's just see. And I'm looking at the principal and the principal is super cool. The principal is such a strong, cool, tough woman Great though, great sense of humor. I love I love the principle of my, my son and um and daughter soon to be school. And uh she goes, Well, no, you know, we just uh you know, we're doing the best we can with it. The kids seem to be getting No, but what I'm is is so what's the government doing? And then I hear some groans and I hear one guy go, Oh my god and I'm sitting there. And Liz and, and is like, well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, how are they going to do it? Like, I can't even help them with it, okay? And I'm just saying, is this a government? Is the government the one? Is the government to And she just kept going. And like six or seven times. And now I'm just going. I want it to be like, what? And she's the grandmother. And the mother was just sitting there quiet the whole time. And this woman just wanted to be fucking hurt. And you could see in the principal's face that she was professional. That she wasn't going to say anything. You could see that she's going to go with it she's going to totally be cool. However, you could tell she wanted to be like, "Bitch, shut the fuck up. What are you talking about?" So finally, she goes, "Okay, but the government is is this going to change like do you have to?" And she goes, "Ma'am." Or she goes, "It's it's New York State. We go with what New York State gives us. And New York State is the one giving us this." So that's it. That's it. You know, enough. It's over. And she just kept going and kept us in there And it was so annoying And she like felt like big and important Because she did it And it drove me fucking nuts It's like, hey, you're the grandmother Okay, your job is to fucking have fun with them And feed them until you die That's what your job is Alright, your job is to fucking take them out go Make them have great memories of your fucking house Alright, and that's it and that's and that's it. Not fucking all this. And if I can't do it, it's like, hey, yeah, you can't do it because you're a fucking idiot who's talking out of turn right now. It's no wonder you can't do the fucking problem. You dope. Um, so that was my unacceptable. God, if anybody from my son's school listens to this podcast, we are gonna be outcasts. That's fine. That's fine. I don't care. Um, all right, let's get to your guys' unacceptables here. Yeah, but is the government the reason? Like, what are you, like, it was almost like she was talking as if she was at Congress. Like, she was, it's like, yeah, nobody's doing anything here. You you understand that? Nobody, you're the grandmother. Shut it. Take the kid to ice cream. All right, here we go. Your guy's unacceptables. Let's see what we got. Here we go. Here we go. Unacceptable pig at concert from Ryan. Hey, Verzi, got a quick unacceptable followed. Oh, I got a quick acceptable followed by an unacceptable. I'm seeing my favorite rapper at a club in New York City, and the oversold floor is packed, but I managed to shove my way all the way up to the front and not spill too much of the drinks I was holding. That's acceptable. Yes, it is, Ryan. Yes, it is. The unacceptable is the absolute fucking wild animal standing somewhere near me that kept rip, uh, ripping deadly, uh, putrid farts. I couldn't pinpoint the culprit, but Paul, I shit you not, this unidentified beast knew exactly what he was doing. And he had the cover uh, of blaring loud hip-hop music and a packed club floor to stand incognito this went on for over 20 minutes until i finally had to get the fuck out of that spot and relocate if you gotta let one rip and you really can't hold it then have some decency and step away from the crowd but to purposely keep farting in a club that's so packed you could barely move is beyond unacceptable yeah imagine if he had like an issue where, like, he had to get a certain amount of gas out, and he just decided to use concerts. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah, dude, I got a, you know, a doctor said, I got, I'm getting all these gas pockets in my stomach. I'm going to go see fucking Busta Rhymes tonight. <laughs> um, but, yeah, dude, I don't know. It sounds like the guy ate something or whatever. At least you're relocated, you know. That goes to show that you're not that much of a fan. Because some people would be like, I don't give a shit if he was shitting on my shoes. I'm staying there for that for that group. Uh, thank you for the unacceptable. Uh, here we go. What is this here? What is this? Um, oh, okay. This is from Josh. <clears throat> Josh, I hope I'm not messing up your name, buddy. I'm really not. Josh is a soldier who came out to the punchline and he uh he actually um was he was there with his lovely wife um and it was just great his lovely wife Stephanie they were really great people and uh he gave me that that coin the the ranger coin and um we had a good time we smoked a cigar and it was just such a great time to uh, to be with these guys and he told me that he was going to submit um an unacceptable and uh i didn't know if it was uh uh you gaste, you gasty. I'm I'm I don't wanna fuck that up. So uh send me something where like I could see how it's pronounced, but I'm sorry about that. But Josh is the um you gasty? You gaste. I don't know. Josh. I'm so, I apologize, buddy. I don't wanna fuck it. People have fucked my name up and it's not even close to as hard as yours, so I'm sorry. But anyway, here we go. This is from uh Josh, man, Army Ranger, fucking hero right here. This is a fucking hero right here, everybody. All right. Kneel before fucking Zod. You understand? (laughs) Paul, while you and I were enjoying cigars in Atlanta, I told you I had an unacceptable that I wanted to submit. This is it. Uh, Everything you are about to read took place the exact same day that my wife and I came to see you and Joe at the punchline. Uh, As you know, we drove three hours to see you guys in Atlanta. Yes, I do, and it's amazing. Upon our arrival to the city, we stopped off. Uh, at a uh, uh, Salvadorian restaurant uh, to eat lunch. Uh, this is the only acceptable part of my story because the food and service was outstanding. But I digress. After we finished eating, we went to the dollar store next to the restaurant to make a quick purchase. Uh, off the bat, my wife and I uh, both felt stra- strange vibe in the store. We passed... Uh, two store employees as we walked in and both of them saw us and looked away and completely ignored us as if we uh, uh, as if we were a hindrance to their day. I'm sorry. I got to make this. Let me make this font bigger here. There we go. Okay. We shrugged the impoliteness off and found what we needed and proceeded to, check out, uh, to the checkout line. There was an older lady at the register in front of us That was having an issue with her credit card. Despite the fact she was holding up the only register, she was on her phone the entire time. Oh boy, that'll get you fucking fired up. And refused to hang up so she uh, could fix the issue with her card. It's like, what are you thinking, people? The employee was staring blankly at her, trying to be polite. But over and over, the older woman's card got declined. Uh, We stood there and watched this play out for about 10 minutes when suddenly a customer who was standing behind us rudely pushed past us and hollered, Are you open up here? I'm sorry. Are you open over here to the second register? At this point, my wife and I are laughing in disbelief as the rude patron pushed past us. We caught a glimpse of what I can only assume was an off-duty prostitute because she was wearing booty shorts that clearly showed uh, over half of her butt cheeks, in a low-cut shirt uh, that left very little to the imagination. Best part, she she had her toddler-aged daughter with her. Oh my God! Yeah, this is a this is a shit show. Well, that's what happens in a dollar store. You know, you're not getting high clientele. Um, you're not in fucking Nordstroms or whatever it is. All right, quite the role model. At this point, we had. Had enough and simply left the store. This brings me to the second portion of my unacceptable. We decided to stay at the hotel that was towards the lower end um, of the quality spectrum in order to be closer to the punchline. We were nervous uh, about the three out of five stars this establishment received online, but justified our decision by recognizing it was simply uh, it was a simple uh, uh, it was simple a bed to sleep in. Yes, exactly. Uh, In after the show. Right. You know you're going out. You know you're going to smoke some sticks. Drink. You're like whatever. Uh, Upon arriving at this hostel. We open the door to our room. And we are uh, met instantly by the overwhelming smell of bleach. The floors were still wet and slippery. And caused us to have to keep our shoes on. The TV mounted on the wall was crooked. The clock was blinking 12 o'clock. And the phone cord was freight. Uh. Freight and hanging over the bedside table. The scene was so bad that we left immediately and wandered around Atlanta until your 10 p.m. show started. Jesus Christ. That sounds... Oh, I don't I don't even know if I could have stayed at a hotel like that. Anyways, uh, here we go. Uh, fast forward, you and Joe crushed at the punchline and we had a great night with you guys. When we finally arrived back to our hotel room around 5 a.m., we pulled back the bed sheets and discovered the evidence of multiple crime scenes. My wife, who was already sitting on the bed, jumped up and almost threw up. There was a oh, there was a uh, swath of fluids ranging. What? From what appeared to be semen, blood, spit, bleach, and God only knows what. What the fuck? I called the front desk with my cell phone. And asked for a new room. The hotel employee told me his manager was off for the night. And he couldn't help me uh, until the manager came back around 9 a.m. Left without options. I called the police. The police officer arrived. What? Holy shit, dude. This is like a fucking, this is like a, like a soap opera here. Or a crime show. All right, here we go. The officer arrived and upon seeing the room, agreed that nobody should stay there and went with me uh, to confront the hotel employee. Long story short, I asked for a refund and was told no. The employee was unapologetic, unhelpful, and kept saying he couldn't do anything to help me. I was polite, but did ask him, why did your boss leave someone in charge who doesn't have the ability to do anything? He shrugged, the police officer laughed, and I went back to my room. I filed a police report, and we grabbed our things and left. Oh, good. I was hoping you weren't going to be like, and then we were like, fuck it, we're tired. Jeez, that's, oh, Josh, I'm so sorry you had to deal with that, man. I tried to find a new room at a different hotel, but had no luck because everyone was booked. My wife proceeded to drive us back to Fort Benning, a three-hour trip, and we arrived home around 10 a.m. exhausted, unacceptable. Put all these rude, selfish ignorant, incompetent, unhelpful, degenerate savages in a cage with those dirty-ass sheets and throw away the key. All in all, worth the trip because you and Joe crushed and it was great uh, to get to meet you guys. Uh, Thanks for the laughs and keep doing you. Josh and Steph. P.S. I attached some photos. Yeah, I see that from the great time we had that night. Looking forward to your special and seeing you do your thing again someday, hopefully with Burr. Oh, thank you so much, man. I can't believe, I mean, listen, the dollar store thing with the lady on her phone for 10 minutes while she keeps getting declined, that's bad enough. Dude, you had jizz and blood and spit and all kinds of shit on a bed and and they didn't even do anything? It's like, what the fuck? To be honest with you, you're a good guy because you could have you said the hotel to me and I would have blasted them on my show. I'm not even kidding. I would have blasted them on my show and said, anybody in that area, don't fuck with that place. Fuck that place. They did the wrong thing by one of my fans, one of my listeners, a soldier, somebody who, you know, protects the country and all this shit. And you're going to put jizz on the guy's fucking... Oh, my God. I would have thrown up too. Your wife is right. That shit would have... I'm going be honest with you. I would have needed therapy after that shit. That's like my ultimate fear. Like, here's how bad it is with me. When I go to the hotel room, I have to wet paper... And put soap and wet paper and wipe down the remote. Because I don't know. Some you know some animal ordered some adult movie. He's got his dick in one hand and the remote in the other. And then he switches hand. Now there's a dick residue on my fucking hands. I'm not doing that. Alright. fuck. I mean I'm not doing that at all. I get freaked out knowing that somebody. If somebody laid in bed naked. I make sure. You know I got to make sure the sheets are done. Like that shit freaks me out. This is a beyond unacceptable. This is another level of unacceptable to To have, you know, bodily fluids on on something, and then have like, oh, there's nothing we could do about it. It's like, yeah, you give me my fucking money back, and you're you're a more patient, better man than me, because that would I would have lost my mind. I would have lost my mind, dude. That's uh, that's one of the most ridiculous, slash, disgusting, unsettling things. And the fact that there's bleach and blood. You you said literally. This is what you said. There was a a suave of fluids ranging from what appeared to be semen, blood, spit, bleach, and God only knows what. That's what you're seeing. And the smell of bleach, Lord knows what happened before they fucking did any cleanup that they did. And what kind of crazy sex party is that? Where there's fucking cum and blood and (laughs) bleach. Jesus. I mean, oh, God. Anyway, thank you so much for the submission. That is definitely an unacceptable one. I'm looking at the pictures here, and the pictures are awesome. The pictures are awesome, man. Uh, Such a great... Oh, that's a great picture of you and I, too. Uh, Even though you look like a fucking giant superhero, and I look like your fucking make-a-wish-like-adopted kid, my head comes, like, right up to your collarbone, if that. Uh, But that's awesome, dude. Thank you. uh, Thank you so much. As a matter of fact, I want to post that picture... I'd like to post that picture on my social media. uh, So I'm going to try to do that. But thank you so much, Josh. Thank you and your wife for coming. I really hope you guys had a good time. And you will definitely see again. And it looks like uh, the uh, special is going to be uh, August 13th. August 13th. uh, That will be confirmed. But uh, it's pretty much confirmed. But it will be confirmed, confirmed on the next show. But that looks like it is. Here we go. Uh, Unacceptable from Holly. Rather a response to an unacceptable on, on uh oh boy, here we go. Someone's gonna go at me here, but we'll see. Uh, here we go. This is a, rather a response to an unacceptable on episode three oh seven fat shaming moms at the mall. Okay. Uh, here we go. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I I did not read this yet, so this is not a setup. I do not know how this is gonna go. This is from uh, Holly Marsh. Uh, Holly Marshall. I hope I could say that. Yeah, I could say that. Uh, Mr. Paul Verzi, unacceptable. Rather, a response to an unacceptable on 307. Fat-shaming moms at the mall. First, I will say, I heard, it, uh, I heard it a while listening at work and was laughing my ass off. That being said, this is a subject that is near and dear to my heart and a lifelong struggle for me. Uh, I am now in pretty darn good shape at 43 uh, and live an active lifestyle. When my daughter was around five or six years old, I found myself with an extra 40 pounds, uh, which on a 5'2 small frame female is quite substantial. I was ashamed of how much I had uh, let myself go. It was a vicious cycle for both uh, men and women, but especially women uh, What with the emphasis that uh, is placed by ourselves, media, uh, prospective mates, And other women on our physical appearance. I struggled with self hatred every time I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror. I just wanted to cry or lash out at myself. I found even at 40 pounds over, I was limited in my range of motion. Flipping over in bed, I felt like a whale thrashing about on the beach, uh, thrashing about on the beach. Getting in the car with uh, a dress on and trying to straighten it. Uh, under myself while holding my weight up awkwardly was far too difficult. I was only in my 20s, unacceptable. I wanted to change, but needed a trigger. One of my friends was having a lot of success with Weight Watchers, and she knew I was a single mom and therefore uh, not in a position to always uh, go buy clothes for myself. She offered me some of her fat clothes that didn't fit her anymore. That was the moment. Wow, that's pretty powerful shit. I told her no, thank you. I didn't want her fat clothes. I wanted skinny clothes. And uh, so began my journey. Over the next six months, I lost all that weight. Went from a size 1460 to a size 4 or 6. Now I am around a 3 or 4. I have kept it off with a few uh, uh, gains as much as... uh, 10 to 15 pounds since 2002. I'm very proud of myself and uh, and encourage women to take care of themselves. Uh, if not for themselves, uh, so they can play with their kids and teach their children, uh, play with their kids, I'm sorry, uh, play with their kids and teach their children healthy and fun habits and lifestyles. It is heartbreaking to see how society has encouraged people to eat whatever and get as fat as they want and that, uh, it is hateful to say anything negative about obesity at any age. Thank you for your podcast, uh, Paul Verzi. I love it and think you're awesome, uh, way more than acceptable. Thank you. All the best to you and your beautiful family. Well, you know what? Thank you so much, um, Holly. And that's amazing that you did that. And uh, like I said, you know, when I did that in uh, in episode three oh seven, I didn't mean any malice at all towards you know, people that are overweight. What I was talking about was, I know from what I saw at that woman in the mall, I know that it wasn't just a weight struggle. This woman was morbidly, morbidly obese, and there's no way from the way she behaved and dressed, or just, uh, you know, I won't even say behaved, I didn't see it, but I could just tell that, uh, you know, to get to that level, and I've seen people that are like, look, I think when people are struggling, you know, between 20 and 40 pounds overweight, that's definitely a struggle, and, and we all go through that, And but I do think that's more of the, the norm, I should say, and I think you're right, 100% what you say is like, watch what you eat, think about a healthy lifestyle, get healthy habits, that's what I did, you know, I'm probably still 11 pounds, I'm always like 11, 12 pounds where I want to be, but I think... Right now, like, I'm at a place right now where I feel like if I really don't drink alcohol and I really continue to eat as healthy as I've been eating in the past three or four months, I think I'm, I'm pretty much good. And, and, it, and it feels good to be there. But uh, I agree with you 100%. Like, look, you never want to fat shame somebody or have somebody... But there was a moment where when that girl said to you, when your friend said to you, do you want these clothes... You know, you called it fat clothes. You were like, "Nah, this ain't happening. You know, this ain't happening. I'm changing it. And uh, I applaud you for that. That's awesome. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for uh, for the response. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's all you could ask. I mean, all you could ask is to just, you know, get better habits and try your best and do it. But like you can't be fucking walking around. You can't be walking around a mall in the food court, you know, Fucking 120 pounds overweight and and walking, you know, and it's just selfish when you have kids too. It's like, you know, uh, thank you so much though. Uh, here we go. Um, uh, this is from Justin. Justin Bird says, "Getting put on hold when you call Baltimore City 911 unacceptable." Wow, yeah, it is. Uh, here we go. Here we go. This is from Josh. Another Josh. Josh McCullough. Dear Paul, this one's called United Fucks. Okay. Um Let's see here. Oh no, we did. Is that one? Wait, when did we? Oh, I might have missed this one. Alright, here we go. Dear Paul, what's up? Uh, Paul, long-time listener and transplant from Bilber podcast. Uh, first time chiming in. Usually, I hear enough bullshit on here to make me question whether or not my unacceptable is worthy of being aired. Well, shits, <laughs> shits surfaced, and I had to bring it here for you to hopefully pile on. Uh, for you to hopefully uh pile on. Come on, you stupid screen. Um. Okay, for you to uh, pile on and flush it. Here we go. I'll try to keep this short. My girlfriend and I are expecting our first child. Well, congratulations. And she is from New Orleans, uh, as is her family. And we decided uh, I would finally fly home. All was right in the world coming from PN West West to the Big Easy. uh, is an amazing experience. And we had the best time. uh, And cue the music. Before we flew out, we had previously booked to uh, NOLA on American Airlines and our return flight on United. Granted, this was before the media shitstorm, and we even made a few jokes and jest to the family and friends about coming home uh, beaten but rich. Uh, Anyway, let me set the scene. We check in with United at their kiosk to depart at 5.05 p.m., Their pre-boarding, fat fuck, (laughs) forgot his title, was atrocious. Letting us know they had changed our seat assignments due to some priority members. We were delayed an hour to uh, SFO, uh, our connecting flight back to Eugene, Oregon, okay? Uh, Two hours. Shit happens, right? No big deal. Now granted, my girlfriend is six months pregnant and we finally board. The cool thing about United sarcasm, okay, is you can track your flight uh, and departures to plan arrival, etc. Uh, as we approach San Fran, the stewardess informs us that due to the, uh, ATC, air traffic control, the passengers who are connecting need to leave the aircraft first as their flights were within 10 minutes of take uh, of takeoff. I am literally tracking... Um, Tracking uh, the, our connection flights and watching the seats fill up from standby and getting a little heated as we were stopped on the runway. I could see the terminal and the stewardess has mentioned without a fucking plane connection uh, to the tarmac. Wow. That sucks, dude. So you're sitting there, you could see the terminal and uh, the stewardess has mentioned without a fucking... Jeez. Uh, Paul, this bitch advised my pregnant girlfriend... To sprint to the terminal. Uh, and she would make it. Six months pregnant. Yes, yeah, sprint. Why don't you run down? It? Go track that thing down. Go track that thing down. Wh- wh- while you're carrying another human being inside of you. There wasn't a goddamn plane even boarding. So I start to escalate. Uh, and she uh, passed the buck. Sir, I suggest you sprint. So all the flight crew starts waving us through. Like we were <laughs> rounding third in a game seven. Uh, and we book to the terminal. The flight we were connecting to had filled its list with standby and had departed 20 minutes earlier, which was spot on with what uh, the app tracker said. No more flights. Go fuck yourself for 12 hours. We uh, wow, jeez. We both to work the next. We both got to work the next day, and our dog sitter was watching our pit bull, literally stranded and fucked. These motherfuckers don't usually drop the hard C-bomb. Oh, sorry, these motherfuckers. I don't usually drop the C-bomb, but these cunts at United customer service deserved it. They asked how far along my wife was and proceeded to give her a cardboard, (laughs) cardboard blanket and toiletry kit, which I spiked and advised us to the most comfortable spot to sleep on the floor. The bitch walked around the counter and gestured to a nice soft piece of concrete to snuggle up to. I decided to attempt to nap in the customer service booth. We had to work the next day. Our dog sitter was. Jesus. I'm just thinking about something right here. How could they. How is this legal? All right, whatever. I guess that's a, that's a legal thing. Anyway, all right. So you decided to now uh, we had to work the next day. Our dog sitter was watching a pitbull. Basically, we were fucked. Cooler heads prevailed, and I decided to pony up the cash for an Uber to the closest, uh, over, <laughs> overbooked hotel and grab a pizza as meal service had been canceled on our flight from NOLA. Holy fuck, this became an essay. Three weeks later, uh... And a long string of the runaround from uh, for the comps and free vouchers, please. Paul lock these fucks in a cage with a complimentary toiletry kit and stale ass comped <laughs> biscotti. <laughs> Sorry for the length, Josh, uh, Eugene, Oregon. Um, first of all, I thought pregnant women and women with children or about to have children, like how is like how how is somebody with a young child that's two years old? more priority than somebody who's carrying a six-month-old, and they're telling you to run, and they're telling you that you can't, you're stranded, and you can't do anything like that, it's like, I don't understand how an airline, how it's not in the policy of an airline, period, fucking pregnant woman, great, look, I'm not saying one month or two month pregnant, I'm not saying that, I'm, you know, I'm saying visibly, like, having a hard time walking pregnant needs to be a fucking, it needs to be part of this, it's, that's ridiculous, And you slept on a... I mean, at least you you had to get out of there. You had to get out of there. But, um... Yeah, that wouldn't annoy the shit out of me. Uh, thank you for the submission. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, let's see here. Okay, here's one where I was asked to not give the name. Here we go. Unacceptable. Girlfriend's a snooper. Hey, Paul. Saw you, Burr, and Matarese in Philly in 2015. Epic show. Can't wait to see you again. One of my favorites of all time, that show. Um, why do I feel like... I Did I read this one? But I don't remember. Because it says... Oh, no. You know why? Because I didn't do Unacceptables when I... I got it. Okay, no. I did not read this one. Uh, hey, Paul. So I got it. All right. A few weeks ago, uh, my girlfriend was house-sitting for her friend, and she casually made a comment about how she can't wait to snoop around her friend's house. When I asked what she meant, she said, you know, like any secret belongings or journals or whatever, stuff like that. I didn't say anything at the time, but in my head I was thinking, what the fuck? This girl trusted you enough to give you the keys to her house and you just go digging through her shit. Uh, I don't have any gimp suits or rubber fists in my closet, and my most secret possession is probably a penthouse from the 90s, but now it makes me, uh, not want to leave her alone in my house. Don't lock her in a cage, but maybe chain her up to a post in front of the house so she can get the mail. Thanks for the laughs, Paul. Uh, no worries, man. That's crazy. Yeah, there's something, and you know she's snooping on you then. I mean, she's got to be snooping on you then. Uh... There's an unacceptable that I forgot to do on here from Danny. And it says, Paul, it's been a long time since my last submission, but here's an unacceptable uh, site that, um, yeah, this is crazy. My wife and my wife saw at my kid's spring show uh, school and decided to text me. It's a Catholic school event. You'd think this guy would at least wear a belt. There's a guy sitting there and his ass cheeks are literally hanging out. His two big ass cheeks are hanging out on, like through the seat. That's ridiculous. Uh, great unacceptable. Thank you guys so much for the unacceptables. I appreciate it. Um, those were great. Uh, those were really, really unacceptable. I think Josh's one took the cake with blood and semen on a bed in a hotel. That was really fucking nuts. But all of these were, uh, were excellent. The, you know, a pregnant woman in an airport. It's just like, yeah, it's like, that's why I do unacceptables on the show because when you hear about things like this, it just lets you know how much of a problem it is. It's such a price. swear to God, I want to do a show where we call people out, literally, like on camera. It's ridiculous. Thank you guys so much. If you want to send your Unacceptables to uh, the Verzi Effect, please send them to unacceptables for tve at gmail.com. That is Unacceptables, F-O-R-T-V-E at gmail.com. Again, thank you guys so much for your submissions. Uh, I love reading those. And um, please send more. And if you have somebody that's new to the show, let them send some stuff in uh, and, and tell them that I will read it. I love to read them. Okay, uh, do we have any Twitter ones? I don't think so. No, we don't have any Twitter ones this week. And if we do, they're buried again because I did a bunch of podcasts. So um, if you want to, you guys can still tweet at me. They'll be quicker, but uh, tweet at me. Okay, Uh, let's talk. Uh, I don't think I saw a movie because if I had a movie in mind, I would have mentioned it. I don't. Let's talk sports. Uh, A lot of people are giving me shit, saying that uh, I'm wrong and that the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to beat... The Golden State Warriors, I say no. I say the Golden State Warriors in six. I don't think it's going to go seven. And you know what? If it does go seven, I'll just say the NBA is fixed, which I think it probably is anyway. Um, If the Golden State Warriors play to their potential with these four people on the uh, court, there's no way that they're going to lose. They're they're just not. Um, I think when all four of their big four were on the court together, they haven't lost since February. Okay, I heard that today. Their record is just so incredible when they play together and they're playing well. They just beat everybody, and I think they're going to beat up the Cavs. If, if this is not fixed, I think that's what's going to happen. I do. I'm not saying LeBron's not great. I'm not saying that, oh, I'll use a, a fixed as an excuse. No, no, no. I'm going to watch the game, and, and you know, whatever happens, I'm going to watch the games. I, I'd love to see an epic series. I'd love to see an epic series. I'd love to see greatness, but I'm taking... The uh, Golden State Warriors, which I think is bullshit that Durant went there. But I'm taking them in the most six. But I'll say six. Um, We'll see what happens. You know, the whole Michael Jordan-LeBron James comparison is an absolute joke. It's an absolute joke. LeBron James came in the league when he was 18. Jordan came in when he was 21. LeBron's played, like, what, 170-something more games or just 70-something, whatever it is. Uh, So many more games. Jordan has six championships. LeBron has three. Jordan was a way better defender than LeBron James will ever be in his fucking life. Michael Jordan played in an era where there was hand-checking and pushing and doing all kinds of... It's just... It's so ridiculous to compare the two. Michael Jordan's the best basketball player to ever fucking live. And um, it's just, you know, what happens now. Hype and, you know, where we are in society. Everything is hyped and this and that. And I know... I Don't get me wrong. I get caught up in doing it sometimes too. But my Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan. Give me a fucking break, people. Give me a break you know, and Michael Jordan's a scumbag from what I heard, and I heard from very good reliable sources in my business that have seen him, met him, talked to him a ton of people you come across he doesn't tip, he fucking he doesn't talk to people, he's a dickhead Michael Jordan is not really the greatest of dudes off the court, from what I've heard I I don't know personally, and I like to judge people personally, but I've talked to people that I really know, like, trust and they're like, the guy's a dick you know, and after you hear it 15 fucking times like, you know, maybe he's a dick but you want to talk about basketball. He's the greatest basketball player to ever live. He went to six NBA finals, everybody. And guess how many championships he has? Six. Okay, LeBron's went to a lot more than three, and he only has three. Okay, he also did it with a fucking Hall of Famer. Now, you could say Scottie Pippen was a Hall of Famer, but Scottie Pippen was kind of made better and turned into a Hall of Famer playing with Michael. Dwayne Wade was an already made man. Okay, Kyrie Irving was an amazing basketball player. Um, you know, Kevin Love is starting to play good. I'm just saying LeBron goes for a lot of help. Um, I feel like the Bulls, Jordan made those guys really like great players, Hall of Fame players and good players, great players and players that aren't that good and made them good. So it's Jordan all the way. What was he 10 time first team defense NBA. I mean, it's just, it's just so ridiculous to even compare. Uh, so that's what I feel about that. This weekend, guys, I will be in Saratoga Springs at the Comedy Works starting tonight. That's right, June 1st through the 3rd. I will be at the Comedy Works in Saratoga. It's an amazing comedy room. It's small. It's intimate. You guys will see me run my hour in such a cool little, like, box. It's, it's, it's such a great comedy club. It's such a great room, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'll be there tonight, 7 o'clock. Then the next two nights, I believe, 7.30 and 9.30. But you could check that out on my website. You could check it out on their website. It is the Saratoga Comedy Works starting tonight. Please check out those dates. And also for other dates, you can go to paulverzi.com. That's V I R Z I. Follow me on Twitter at um, uh, Paul Verzi. That's right. And uh, guys, it looks like my special is August 13th at the Terrytown Music Hall. Okay, so kind of keep that. It'll be locked, 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 but it's pretty much locked now. So keep that uh, date, and I hope you guys come out to it. Uh, It's the place I wanted to do it, and it's amazing, and I have a very, very big announcement on who's involved with this uh, coming up, um, soon, but it, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's pretty amazing and cool, so, uh, there you have it, guys, this has been episode 309, you will also get a Patreon for the Patreon subscribers, which you could do for as little as $3 to get more TVE content, um, you know, during the week, all right, I will talk to you guys soon, and until next time, I am out of here.